Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Six Rings and Football Things is back, and we are back to talk about another Patriots victory. I'm Andy Hart. He is Chris Shime Time Shime, and the Patriots have won two in a row. They are now three and three, back to 500, have a little, dare I say, momentum, even though, unfortunately for them, they're still in last place in the (laughs) AFC East. Uh, But, you know, they're moving on up, doing what they can do. So, Shime, I want to talk to you. So, a week ago, we talked about the fact that one and three football team versus one and three football team. They said, whoa, 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 we're better than one and three. We're better. Yeah. If, if that's one and three, we're better than that. Yeah. Okay. Battle of two and three football teams in Cleveland. Battle of backup quarterbacks in Cleveland. And the Patriots pretty much controlled the game wire to wire, led wire to wire. Got a little weird for a short time there in the fourth quarter. But for the most part, distanced themselves from the Cleveland Browns and said, mm-hmm. okay, if that's two and three team, we're better than a two and three team. So now I say two games into the six game soft stretch of the schedule. Where are we going with these New England Patriots? I, I think they're a decent team. Like, I think they're frisky, but I don't think they're like oh, frisky. a. That's good. Yeah. yeah like, I, I don't think. I think Bill Belichick affords you the ability to stay in just about every game outside maybe the Bills games. Um, stay in just about every single game because he's just that good of a coach. And I think this team has some talent. There's spots where that are shining a little bit more than others. Um, but as long as you don't turn the football over, this team's going to be in every game. They're not going to win every game, but they're going to be hanging around at the very least. I'm glad you brought up Bill Belichick because um... – I think he's enjoying a little bit of a renaissance, whatever you want to call this. And I know he's always been good, but I, yeah. I think the last couple of years, there's been some ups and downs and and just last year, I did not think they were an overly, if you used most of the metrics, they didn't come off as an overly well-coached football teams. They did a yep. lot of dumb stuff that dumb teams do over the last couple of weeks, uh, certainly defensively with number one offense. <laughs> we'll see what you are, number one offense. And then number one rush attack, 
you held him in check. Nick Chubb yeah. was a non-factor, had one rush early for like whatever it was, 15 yards, and then finished with 56 yards on the day. 12 for 56 is not a good Nick Chubb day. No, and he did that without Lawrence Guy. He did that with Christian Barmore leaving in the first half. And and I say he, that's not fair. The Patriots, Steve yeah. Belichick, Gerard Mayo, the whole staff. Team. Yes, yeah. but he did that, and we all know, and we'll get into it later in the second segment, he's doing this with a third string fourth round rookie quarterback under center and piecing it together with a with a still learning still green staff on that side of the ball so I don't mean to play Fitzy's side of the street here and be like super homer guy but these other guys just don't measure up to Bill Belichick like it becomes even at 70 even at it's apparent yeah like I'm not a Stefanski guy I know Bill you know oh they're well coached they're not well coached he's not a good coach he comes out in like spread and decides he's gonna throw the ball early and I'm like don't you have don't you have the number one rushing attack don't you have Nick Chubb Chubb? what are you doing yeah well so uh, the the issue there is is Stefanski's plan is to come out in three wide every single time and it's if you load the box I throw and if you don't I run because Nick Chubb has faced the least heavy boxes in all of football and that's that's a Stefanski thing, and I think there are some things Stefanski does well as an offensive coach, but when you have Jacoby Brissett, you need to know, okay, let's try and win this game with Nick Chubb. Let not, let's come out throwing with Jacoby Brissett, and oh, we turn the ball over right away. And so I think that's what makes him different from being a really good offensive coordinator and a good head coach. Right, and so that distance between Bill Belichick and the competition, which you'll see again this week, I'm assuming, with Matt Eberflus, and as we well, I don't continue- think is very good. No. And as we continue down the road uh, and we always talk about that, it's not like we we don't give Bill his just do. We always say like Bill's good for a couple wins. Bill like is going to keep you. And I think that's where I believe this team is going. I actually don't think their trajectory is is an impressive one. It's it's what I thought coming in. They're going to be a mediocre football team that by the end of the year will be around 500. Maybe a couple things go their way. Maybe other teams suck. Maybe other teams kick away games and they can sneak into the back end of the playoffs. But I really haven't seen anything to lead me to believe that I was wrong when I said they were a nine and eight football team. I also think, though, that he is helped by the state of the NFL currently, right? Yeah. Because I think Belichick is, is, is having a good season so far as a coach. But at the same time, the NFL is just... Right now, when you look at it, it's the Bills and Chiefs are at the very, very top alone amongst themselves. Then it's the Eagles right below that, basically in their own tier. And we still don't know exactly what the Eagles are, but they're undefeated and they're pretty good. And then it's literally everyone else in the next tier, because at any point in time, any of those teams in that next tier that face each other, either team can win. That's the kind of parody that's in the NFL right now. And then the Panthers and Texans are like all the way at the bottom because they can't really do that. And um. As but, Tom Brady said, it's bad foot. There's a lot of bad football. Lot of bad, exactly. You, know, you you said any of those teams can win. I also think any of those teams can lose. Like they Bingo. can just exactly. take it away. They can do stupid things. Um, and we're just seeing across the NFL questionable coaching, some questionable quarterback play in various places. It's not not really any different than the story we've seen. I will just say, other than the Bills and the Chiefs, like the Eagles. I think they even still have maybe some questions to answer for sure. Um, big picture as to who they are. But I mean, I think the perfect exemplification of this is this week, week six, you get a matchup between the five and one New York Giants <laughs> and the two and four Jacksonville Jaguars. Andy, if the Jaguars beat the Giants by 10 points next Sunday, would you be surprised? Absolutely not. 
And that's the kind of state of the NFL we're in. A five and one team getting beaten by 10 points by a two and four team is completely in the realm of possibility. And that's where that five and one team is not like a circa 2000, whatever Tom Brady, five and one Colts, five and one of that era. And I do think the bills have, even though it's, it's weird with the bills because Kansas city's on one level because Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, they've been there. They've done that MVP, super bowl, hall of fame, the whole thing. Um, the bills are ready to become that. They just don't have the hardware to go along with it. Yeah. You know, Allen is a MVP caliber quarterback he's the he's, favorite for MVP right now. And he may have one at the end of the year, but he's never won an MVP. Sean True. McDermott, we feel like has turned the corner over the last year plus to become a really good coach, but he doesn't have a ring. Like he's yep. not a hall of fame coach. So they're still right on that cusp. And then everybody else trickles in uh, behind that. So, okay. So, I think we are relatively positive about the Patriots right now. I would say so. Winning the games you're supposed to win, uh, distance, upper middle classing yourself, like, oh, I'm not way down there. I might not be way up there, but I'm in here somewhere, like the middle class range. And I want to play a little game with you, and I'm going to call this the Hope Squad. Okay. And they're like this new, they're not the Avengers, really. They're not the X-Men. They're the Hope Squad. They're the Hope Squad in Patriots jerseys. Reasons why maybe they could end up a little bit better or why they could steal that one game. That might be the difference between postseason or no postseason. So I'm going to start with a guy that I think, even though he's playing a lot, he's already, I believe tied his career high in sacks or is like on his way. Like I think Dietrich wise has been phenomenal. I completely agree with you. I don't think he's getting, you know, his just desserts, as they say. Uh, I heard Gerard Mayo talking about him today, and and clearly Mayo and I are like-minded. I've said this to you guys. Dietrich Wise doesn't look great. Like, he's kind of got weird biomechanics or gait, and, like, he looks fragile to me. Like, he's a big dude. Don't get me wrong. Big, muscular, but also looks like an arm could fall off at any time or a leg. Um, But he's playing, like... 85% 85% of the snaps he's on the field at all time. He's on the field more than like Matt he's a captain too, isn't he? He's a captain. He is having, we often mock this and I think it's year six, like the year six jump, all these, Oh yeah, that guy's going to have a breakout season, you know, in the second half of his, <laughs> he's absolutely having a breakout season. A hundred percent. Like, and, and that's a reason because I feel like I don't have the numbers. Maybe you PFF geek types have them yep. is the, like, the combined pressures or even like the shared pressures or something between Judon and wise, like they meet at the quarterback a lot or they pressure one into the other Judon pressures it to wise wise pressures it to the other, like their combined pressures has the opportunity. If they can do this all year to take this defense to the next level, or at least keep it at a higher level longer. Yeah. The, the issue with wise is right. He uh, on a national level, at least he plays second fiddle to Matt Judon Yep, and he's and he not, should. that's fine. Yeah. A hundred percent because Matt Judon is an animal. Um, and he's done it for, you know, he's a three straight time pro bowler or four straight, yeah. three, three. Well, straight and time. it's a guy that averages, you know, seven, eight sacks a season. Like it's right. not, it's not Dietrich wise who is finally having a breakout year who has had, you know, uh, what five, six sacks, like uh, as a career high. Right. Um. So I think he deserves a ton of credit for the mentality that this defense has, that the character that this defense has. And I think that's a big part of it. I think you can clearly identify him as a leader on this defense and he is, he's becoming part of that identity and he doesn't get 
enough credit because his numbers don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. It's not something you can look at a box score and be like, wow, Dietrich Wise had a really good game today. You and he doesn't have, have red sleeves either. He exactly. Red sleeves or something. Yeah, that would be nice. Maybe, ooh, no, he needs a different color. Maybe go with like yellow or something, stand out. Chartreuse. Ooh, okay, Andy. I see you. You really dug in the Crayola crayon box there. Good job. Um, but no, he he just he doesn't stand out on the play sheet, and so your casual football watchers and and fans don't necessarily recognize how much of an impact he has unless they're like intently watching the game. Now I'm going to truly label him part of the Hope Squad because I'm going to say this, and it has a negative tone to it. I hope he can keep doing this because I'm not sure the amount that he's playing and the level that he's playing at is sustainable for almost anyone. Never mind him sort of in a new role, a bigger role as his career goes on here. Well, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, he's he's play he plays uh, yeah, like in the high 80% of snaps. That's, that's a lot of freaking snaps. No, I I agree. Uh but I think the thing that he has going for him too is that again, he isn't the focal point of the defense. It's a guy right. like Matt Judon. And so he's not the one drawing double teams all the time and drawing constant chips from tight ends and, and receivers and things like that. So I think he uh, sustains a little bit less of the damage that someone like Matt Judon does, which allows him to stay on the field so much. Okay, so we're part of the Hope Squad and maybe the leader of the Hope Squad is Judon. I, we've already oh, sort of sure. touched on him. The hope with him is that, again, he can finish the year the way he's starting the year. And, yep. and I do believe they've they've sort of monitored his snaps a little bit more. He's been below really 50 snaps. So I think the plan for him, I think the plan for the team, the coaches, is to keep Judon, you know, load managed, as they say in the NBA, to finish strong. Kyle Duggar, coming off last week's performance, had an interception early in the game, as you mentioned, had the strip sack uh, recovery and touchdown a week earlier against the Lions. He was all over the field early in Cleveland. I think he had like eight tackles like that, like in the first quarter, quarter and a half of action. Um, I think he's a guy that if, you, if you're building this hope squad, you hope he continues to evolve as a playmaker. I know he got beat by Njoku on one pass down the sideline, and I know coverage is not his forte, his Strong strength. Team. But, you know, I, I don't think he's incapable of covering no, either. You just got to. He's, just gonna learn. he's pick- also young. Right. Like, and he's, he's going to learn. Year player. And he's going to learn the tricks and the ins and the outs of doing that. But I think Kyle Duggar, and a lot of us have been kind of. I guess, waiting for this or hoping for this for a year, year plus now of take his game to the next level, enter into that conversation of some of the better, strong safeties, versatile safeties in the NFL. And I think maybe over the last couple of weeks, we're seeing him trend in that direction. Yeah, and I think this is another guy that needs a little bit of load management as well. We need to make sure that he's kind of maintains health. And it helps that he has guys like Adrian Phillips and Devin McCourty uh, to, to guide him. And I think that that's, what puts him possibly quite possibly in the best position uh, amongst this hope, the hope squad, uh, because he has two specific veterans that he's learning from one that's, spe- uh, that is specifically good at one side of playing safety and the other who is a little bit more versatile and more well-rounded. And so he can kind of understand the game from different perspectives and different angles, but also still be what he is and be as good as he is. And, and, and so that rotation I think is really valuable for him because it allows him to learn the game from different uh, different perspectives and and I think he has the ability to continue to grow. I don't think we have seen uh anywhere close to the ceiling that Kyle Duggar has. And uh the youngest member of the Hope Squad, 
And again, not everybody can make the hope squad. Adrian Phillips, good player, but I actually think he kind of is what he is at this point. I'm not sure he can do much more, become much more. The youngest member of the hope squad that I want to get to is Jack Jones, your rookie mm-hmm. cornerback, who we haven't really seen, I think, um, reach his even his early rookie potential because we haven't had the corners all on the field together. It's been... Yep. Mills is out. Jonathan Jones is out. Like Mm -hmm. when they can get all of their corners healthy and on the field and you can pick your spots where you want Jack Jones, what role you want him filling on a personnel group basis, week to week basis. I just like him. You know, we talked about it in the summer. I think it was OTAs like he's a ball hawk. He has swagger. He's confident. We've seen all of that. He has ball skills. He almost had another great interception last week um, against Cleveland on the goal line there. I just. He is evolving, and I'm not ready to say he's better than J.C. Jackson, even though J.C. Jackson's struggling in in L.A. because J.C. Jackson was good for the Patriots. But Jackson's also dealing with injuries. Like, it's a whole thing. He is, and he's dealing with an idiot for a head coach who's probably yep. screwing 100%. up his game. Um, but Jack Jones, if he can be some semblance of a cover corner, playmaking corner, rookie, you know, not number one corner, but just in the mix among your best coverage guys, that adds depth and playmaking to this defense that I wasn't sure it was going to have. Yeah, I uh, I have a lot of hope for Jack Jones, but I also I really want to see him against a legit number one receiver, right? Because I want to see him against someone like Steph Diggs. I'm excited to see him against someone maybe like Justin Jefferson. I want to see if he gets his just lunch. Just oh, you want to see him get burnt? <laughs> well, no, 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 because I think if – if you're, you know, if you're following it on Twitter and watching the game and stuff, there were moments where Jack Jones was amazing in that game. Like he's very, very good. Again, like you said, he's an exceptional ball hawk. He's a very good feel for finding the football. But there's also times in certain situations where that's not necessarily uh, the case, where he is getting absolutely left behind. There was a play specifically like a a video of, I think it was Donovan people Jones just leaving him in the dust, but Jacoby Brissett just never looked to the left side of the field. So Jack Jones gets away with it and it's fine and that's okay. But if you're facing a quarterback, like, I mean, even like a Kirk cousins, if you're on Adam Thielen and Adam Thielen leaves you in the dust eight times out of 10, Kirk cousins is going to find him. And so I want to see in those situations how he fares because I want to see exactly how much he needs to learn and how much he needs to grow. I don't think we quite have the gauge on exactly where Jack Jones is yet. Yeah, if you set the um, over-under at, let's say, two and a half oh-crap plays for Jack Jones over the the rest of the season, I'll take the over. over. Absolutely. But – to me, the fact that we, anytime you have a rookie cornerback, certainly a mid-round rookie cornerback, who you want on the field, who like you want to see more of, yep, and see like, it's a okay, what are, like that's good. Yeah. Like usually rookie corner, hell, usually corners that are drafted in any way in New England, either never get on the field or when they do, we want you to get them back off the field. Very, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yes, he's so far ahead of what we've come to expect or accept for Patriots drafted cornerbacks that. I think that may also be part of the excitement, but okay. So let's go quick to the offensive side of the ball. I have um, a couple names that are obvious. I think first and foremost is Ramondre Stevenson, who just, he's just good. And now I will say the one downside, he looked gassed in that game about the third quarter. He looked absolutely gassed. Um, He is recording essentially career highs tag together game by game um, coming off the 25, 
uh, for 161 against the Lions. He's back out there this week, toting the rock. Couple touchdowns, not a huge day, but a couple touchdowns, 70 whatever yards on the ground. Um, I think he's going to learn and evolve to be a workhorse. He has ne- he hasn't been a workhorse since junior college. So there's yeah. like there's like getting his body used to that, getting mind right, grind right kind of mentality that I am going to take 20 hits this game and I can't tap out or I can't take the next series off when I have a tough series. Like yep. and and Damian Harris will be back, but the Ramondre Stevenson potential growth playmaking, he just is he's just a really good running back. And I think the rest of the world is starting to figure that out. Yeah, I, I mean. A lot of the nerds, I know you don't like them necessarily, but we're on this uh, in the offseason. Like Ramondre Stevenson, low-key, was a breakout potential candidate. Wait a minute. I predated the nerds. I've been saying this since like the beginning of last year, so why don't I get credit? Why are you crediting the nerds? I'm just saying that you think people will realize that. I'm saying that some of the nerds were very much on this with all their underlying statistics, like yards after contact and and just like – Net, like intent or net yards or whatever the number like a uh, intended uh, intended rush yards and oh, actual uh, rush yards and expected or whatever expected that's the word yeah. I was looking for thank you um and so Ramondre was like kind of in that area of the football universe if you will as a breakout candidate and I think you're finally starting to be like oh okay now everybody's starting to realize how good this kid is because he is getting a workload that is very rare in today's NFL. Not everybody gets this kind of workload. And last week he handled it nearly flawlessly. Like, was it an amazing game running the football? No, but it didn't need to be. He was averaging four yards of carry still. He had two touchdowns. He was also, what, he caught uh, four balls out of the backfield. Like, did the job. The kid is just good. He's flat out good. And and I think people are finally starting to understand that. And I think another guy on the offense who's young, and intriguing and people are going to find out that he may be actually good and it kind of plays in line with the uh, jack jones discussion we just had Ooh, a second round wide receiver who gets right back out there and has two touchdowns one rushing one through the air and is showing people what i've been telling you guys we were all uh, i think misled to believe that this was just a speed burner down the field big play guy tyquan thornton is more than that joe judge talked a little bit about it today that he has some lateral quickness, uh, short area quickness, route running ability that I don't think people really usually marry up with these four two eight or whatever the hell he runs type guys. And I know Fitzy still has his fears that he's too skinny and he's going to break Riddle. every time, whatever. Uh, and maybe who knows that may play out. I the Patriots aren't worried about that. You, you've seen that with the way they've used him since he came back immediately. As yep. soon as he could from IR, they put him back out there. And I'm interested to see where Tyquan Thornton goes um, and certainly not so interested in seeing Nelson Aguilar come back. Yeah, I haven't necessarily seen the lateral quickness that Joe Judge has, so that's something that I still want to see more of. But there is no doubt that this kid can just straight up fly. Um, And and I do think, though, that his, his route running, or at least his release off the line of scrimmage, is better than I thought it would be. He had one release in particular that was... Very, very good off the line this past week. Kind of left the cornerback in the dust. Um, and so I'm I'm excited to see where he goes, but I don't necessarily I don't I'm not buying all the way in on the hype yet on Tyquan Thornton. 
I'm excited to see where the rest of this podcast goes because we are a growing Patriots community. Six rings and football things. We're talking about a winning streak. We're talking about, in the coming moments, a quarterback controversy, potentially. And as always, if you want to interact with us, it's at Six Rings Pod on Twitter. It's Six Rings Pod at gmail.com if you want to shoot us a comment, a question. And please download the Odyssey app to listen to us or subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast provider. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we made it through 20 minutes without really talking about Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones, and the quarterback took everything situation. everything in me. I know. And now we're going to do it because, quite frankly, we should do it. It's yep. the biggest topic not only around the Patriots. It's the biggest topic in Boston sports. I don't care that the Bruins are 3-0 and and look like they're going to score a lot of goals. I don't care that the Celtics are tipping off the season or the favorites to win the title and have some new city edition jerseys that from my in-house sources say are lit and they love they the new jerseys. Uh, I kind of like these too. I, I like these better than last year's definitely. Yeah. Um, but the the Bailey Zappi situation, uh, I'll put it into perspective. I always love when these become um, like not a sports fan topic, but a general world topic. And my son's godmother called to check in this week. And, you know, we put her on speakerphone. We're all talking. And like, a second into the conversation, she's like, so what do you think about this zappy kid? Like, he's a talking point with men, women, children, elderly. Like, he's taken Patriot Nation by storm, quite frankly. it's This is why I love sports. Somebody who, I'm going to say 70% of Patriots fans had never heard of three weeks ago, yep. is now garnering like, oh yeah, he's the starter, trademark type of discussion. And yep. That's just why sports are so freaking awesome. So Bailey Zappi, now 2-0 and as a starter, had his best game. He's gotten better every time he's stepped on the football field. He's validating the things I said in the summer when I told you that the offense just looked better when he was running it on the practice field. Um, some plays where he stepped up, eyes down the field, nice throws, couple touchdown passes. And Bailey Zappi, if he qualified, he doesn't because he doesn't have enough attempts yet. If he qualified, would be leading the National Football League in passer rating with a 111 rating. So That's stupid. I ask you, <clears throat> oh, oh, hater, oh, Mac, do we have a new potential franchise quarterback? And a sub negative question that I've started, 
Or do the Patriots just have two mediocre quarterbacks? So I think ultimately they have two fine quarterbacks. Fine. It'll be a fine sailor. He's a gentleman. Oh, ultimately, I think that's what it will boil down to. Um, But I want to, so Courtney Cox on the morning show on WEI shared a story. She was at an event uh, for Devin McCord, the McCordy's bowling event last night. Yep. And the McCordy's were introducing all the Patriots players that happened to be at the event. Well, when they introduced Bailey Zappi, the place went bananas. It's people love this kid. And then three players later, they introduced Mac Jones and it was much more like crickets. Really? Yes. And so. Wow. I think specifically, and uh, our guy Terp just sent us a text message as well. Uh, ben Volan tweeted that there is a change.org petition to keep Bailey Zappi the permanent quarterback of the New England Patriots. This is, I think the public perception is just that people love Bailey Zappi. It's the aw shucks kind of Southern sweetheart kid that's still really, like Courtney talked about it. She met him last night and she's like, He's like a really nice kid. He's kind of awkward. Like he doesn't know exactly how to talk to the media or other people like this. Uh, And Joe Cardona had to be like, no, come back here and talk to us and, uh, and kind of, kind of show him the way a little bit. And, and, but I think Belichick likes that. I think he wants a kid that's going to be, especially right now, he needs a kid that's going to be like, yes, coach. Yes, coach. Yes, coach. Not necessarily a robot, but someone who just wants to, he just he just wants to be on the field, right? And Mac Jones, of course, Mac Jones wants to be on the field. But as people like Breer have said, and Mac Jones has even said this himself in interviews, he asks a lot of questions. He asks why, 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 and sometimes that can rub people the wrong way. Even if even if it's just Mac's method of learning, that can rub people, i.e., Bill Belichick, the wrong way. When it's like, are you questioning me? Just like go out and do it, like. That we're trying to teach you, stop asking these questions and do it. And so I think that between the public perception and then the I would I'll go with the word grading personality that Mac Jones may have is creating the perfect storm for him to possibly lose his job. It's not necessarily that Bailey Zappi is head and shoulders better, that he will be better, that he has this much higher ceiling and all these tools that Mac doesn't have. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think they're pretty close to the same player, but I think it's everything off the football field that is kind of creating all of this controversy. Okay, so I I wanted to go in that direction. First of all, you know I'm not a big Mac Jones fan. I think talent-wise, he's pretty good. I think he's not very likable. I do think he comes off as a spoiled, entitled, pampered. Um, it's why I got into a big fight with Fourier when I filled in on the the afternoon show because Fourier is like, "Oh, he's overcome so much," and I'm like, "What the hell's he overcome?" Like he's he went to Alabama and, right. and he played for Nick Saban. He went and he to played a, with the uh, Heisman Trophy winning receiver uh, right. on the best team in the country. What? Oh wait, you didn't know he was the fifth quarterback taken? And I'm like, "Yeah, the fifth quarterback taken." In the middle of the first round, he wasn't yeah. even like the Josh Allen half. was like the third or fourth quarterback right. taken. Like it's dumb, but I'm going to defend Mac here because I think there's been um, some Patriot leaked. It has to be sort of character assassination against Mac Jones. Like, oh, well, who are you to ask questions? Well, I'm the guy whose career you're putting in the hands of an effing special teams coach and an effing defensive coordinator. So yeah, I'm going to ask some effing questions because my neck is on the line as much as actually more so Bill Belichick. 
Your legacy is already established. Ooh, you're the GOAT. You can do anything. You're just so creative. Look at me go left when everybody else goes right. My career can go down the crapper if Matt Patricia and Joe Judge suck. So y'all excuse me if I asked some questions this offseason about the handling of this offense and what the hell we're doing here in New England. Sure, those questions are fine and warranted. But then when you step on the football field and you're turning the ball over left and right. Yeah, because uh, you told me to throw 50-50 balls because we got to push the ball down the field. Did they tell him that, maker. though? I, and and I think that I, whole philosophy change when he said this is a different philosophy I'm learning to well then to why does the Bailey Zappi not do that? Because my guess is they're treating it differently. Like when see so the I, key I, aspect here is weeks one to three, the goal was to install a new offense that could take the Patriots to higher ground. I firmly believe that to compete with teams that can put up 30 points, that can to get in a shootout with a good quarterback. Like, see where we can go as an offense in that direction with Mac Jones, year two, the jump, the whole thing. I think the last three weeks, it was all hands on deck, figure out the gosh darn easiest way to win a football game, protect the football, do different things. Has it expanded? Sure. But I also haven't seen a lot of, like, tight window throws or, like, no, I'm not they've saying... gotten guys wide open and he's hit them. Give him credit. He's hit them. Yeah, and so Doug Kyatt had kind of like an article and a tweet about this, like uh, all the you know yards, intended air yards and yards per attempt that Mac Jones has more than Bailey Zappi, and that's great. That's fine. Like, cool, he's attacking down the field more. Well, he also has far more turnover-worthy plays. He also has far more turnovers in general, period. Right. Um, and then on top of that, it's like since Bailey Zappi took over for the New England Patriots, they have the most – yards per quarterback drop back in the NFL outside of only the Buffalo Bills. It's like that's the only team that is getting more yards every time the quarterback drops back than the New England Patriots. So I, cool. Like you're you're pushing the ball down the field with Mac Jones numbers are all great. They sound real good, but A he's turning the ball over and B Zappy is like just being more efficient and and sure that may be a, a change in the offense. Um, offensive, I guess, approach necessarily, not even the scheme, but just the approach of the offense. Because Hunter Henry outright said on Gresham Keefe, it's the exact same offense we started the season with. Um, oh, yeah, but they've run more play action. Absolutely. Sure, I agree with that. But and at the same time, I, I think, I think the idea that they were trying to uh, see how close they can get to Buffalo with Mac Jones is just, I, I don't necessarily buy that. Because oh, I don't, I, I, think I don't. That the entire I don't think it was season. I don't think that's realistic oh it isn't and that's probably why Mac was asking why that that gets back to my point he's like wait a minute I'm not Josh Allen and none of these a-holes around me are Stefan Diggs so this idea that we can go compete we can try to evolve as an offense we can try to loosen the reins everything that fans wanted last year because everybody bitched last year that McDaniels never let let Jones go it was too yeah. conservative all of that but they were clearly – I mean, how many times did they say, like, this this streamlined redesign was about getting the ball in our playmakers' hands and our playmakers are going to love getting down the field and making plays in this new offense? Like, it never looked that way through three weeks at all. Now, he made bad throws. That I, I don't want to pretend that I think Mac played well through the first three weeks. I don't think he did. The, the decision to throw one-on-one -on -one to Parker against Davian Howard in the opener, terrible decision. Unless they're telling some him of those throws, like shot. the one at the goal line against the Steelers, was 
awful. Yeah, no, he's had bad throws. The The interception to Minka Fitzpatrick was a terrible throw. I don't care yeah. what they're telling you. Don't throw it where it's easier for the safety to make a play than it is for your receiver to make a play. So, I, the Baltimore game, the same thing in the end zone. Definitely like bad throws, but I think the entire approach was different with Mac. And See, I would have, I think Bailey Zappi probably would have thrown twice as many picks had he played just everything else stays the same in the first three weeks. I think he probably would have thrown eight to 10 picks as Mac throws five. See that. And I, I also think if Mac had played the lions, they would have put a 50 burger on the lions. Cause they wouldn't have gone over four in the red zone. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I don't think this, I, I, I dis I just, I think I disagree. You and I disagree on this because if you were running the offense if, if you were approaching the offense the way you're approaching it with Bailey Zappi with Mac Jones, then you would have just been, you would have, you probably could have beaten the Dolphins. You would have beaten the Packers. Like, I, it's just, I, I don't, I, I it, it makes no sense to me because so that means you're just losing games to evaluate. And to oh, me, that, I mean, Bill has said it a hundred times. He's now signed the petition. You talk about petitions.org. He has signed the petition that September is an extension of the preseason. He's told us sure, that. yeah, that's it, but that that's so they all were well good, but those games no don't doubt. matter. Well, like those, you can question the philosophy, but they were absolutely doing that, absolutely trying things, figuring. It's why I think he emphasized so much because he's so smart and he gets us like prepared. How many? million times did he say like the last week of august first week of september oh you don't really know what your team is for six weeks and you really got to figure out your strengths and your week like he was telling you there's a rough water ahead we're trying some things we're going to figure some things out and now zappy may be benefiting from that maybe they figured some things out both as a coaching staff as personnel various things zappy has absolutely benefited from that but the, the thing that bothers me, and the surgery is part of it, there's this idea that um, I think Breer said the relationship went sideways a little bit. Is that the phrase he used? I think that, so, yeah. Um, and we knew that there was a disagreement. We knew immediately when it was reported that he was getting a second opinion that he wasn't just falling in line with what the team saw, Wanted suggested, whatever. Yep. And should he have gotten the surgery? Maybe. Would he have been back out there in Cleveland? Maybe, because if it was as close as everybody's reporting, I think there's a chance had he had the surgery to protect the ankle from further damage and support it internally, I think there's a chance he might have been back out there against the Browns. So, but I also don't fault him for A, he's never been hurt and not wanting to have surgery. Like, you know, surgery is still a big deal, even though it isn't a big deal. Like, yeah. they make you sign that stupid paper like you could die when we cut you. No, I, I get it. I, it's just it it seems far too coincidental to me that this offense starts looking good just the, at the same moment Bailey Zappi takes over. But what is looking good? Like I, I think like they're they're moving the no, football they constantly. The, the Lions game, if Mac Jones had started that game, people would have done nothing but bitch about the red zone and third down. They went three of nine on third down and oh, four in the red zone. People would have bitched that you had to, keep but if Mac Jones hey, starts that game QB and we go to, and we're kicking five field goals with Nick. Yeah, but Eppie if Mac Hall. Jones starts that game playing he, the way he played the first three weeks, you don't blow them out. Well, I, I don't know that they were a terrible defense. It's one of the worst defenses I've ever seen that lost six defensive backs in the middle of the game. I, I am aware of that, but the way Mac Jones was playing in the first three weeks, he would have thrown the ball to the other team. I, like that's, I don't, I don't know that. Like, he made some really good throws at various. But you can't you can't say weeks. you don't know that if then you're also going to say he would have put up a fifty burger. Because no, no, no. You don't I'm just know telling either. you. I'm just telling. No, no, no. Forget the fifty burger. I think that I don't know that. I know yeah. for a fact if they had played the game the exact same damn way, 
people would have ripped Mac Jones for not being efficient enough on third down and not scoring in the red zone. He would have absolutely gotten shredded. Now, oh, I guess we're just one of those teams that has to run the ball because we don't have a quarterback that can make play. Like, he would have been eviscerated because expectations matter. The relative expectations matter, and the relative expectations on him are inherently higher. I also think the three games leading up to that would have been half the reason that he got a tr- got shredded, though. Like, I, I, he was he had been bad three games in a row. So if he comes out and loses to Green Bay and then isn't good against Detroit, like I, I, I don't. I, I of course he's going to get ripped. Like I, I also it, think you might beat the Packers if he plays because I think they were very conservative and I agree we all with you. See I the think Packers very aren't very good. <laughs> no, the Packers are bad. Um, so, but it'll I, be I, I, it, it's. Yeah, I, I, we're. I think you and I are uh, have have different viewpoints on this, and that's okay. But um, I just I don't think Mac Jones has been good at all this season. I don't think those two games would have been necessarily any different um, if he was the starter. Um, well, I know they would have won both because the Patriots were the better team. I, I'm dead certain they would have won both games. Both teams had really bad defenses. Um, yeah. The one thing I did want to bring up was Ben Volan's idea. He used this, and I'm not sure how much it was sourced versus just observational opinion. And I kind of agree with his opinion, um, but he used the word humbled, that Mac Jones needed to be humbled, that he going to the Pro Bowl last year, the way everything played out kind of created a, 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 an ego and an expectation, an oh, aura yeah. to use Cam. You Newton. don't think Bill Belichick is the one driving this narrative? This oh, co- I, I quarterback absolutely contra- Exactly. And so I'd be pissed if I were Mac, too. If- if he's the one, if Belichick is the one driving the narrative, there has to be a reason behind it. The reason is because he wanted to knock Mac down a peg. Yeah, and I agree with you. I also think Mac is pissed, but I don't think he's going to get knocked down a peg. I don't think that's who Mac Jones is. Agreed. Again, it comes back to the personality, which is again is why I believe Bailey Zappi is a far better fit for this team than Mac Jones. And it's not again; it has nothing to do with the football because I, I think on the field, Mac probably wins out. Just over when it comes to overall ability to play the game, he'll probably end up nudging out Bailey Zappi. I think at the end of the day, when their NFL careers are done, they'll be about the same. But right now, Mac would edge him out. But I think when it comes to personality and fit for the team, I just I don't see it. I don't see it with Mac Jones at all. I think the funny thing here is I believe that Mac Jones in a year and a half has undergone Tom Brady's 20-year career in New England. He went from the competitive, better option, won the job, Bill loves him, to why the F you asking so many questions and like, who who do you think you are, Diva QB? It took Brady 20 years and six rings to get there, but I think Mac has a little bit of that, and, and I see why it can rub Bill the wrong way, but it's also on Bill to, in my opinion, manage that without... I mean, this has become... You're right. It feels patriot driven belichick driven 100 what i'm going to use is character assassination now maybe it's worthy because i i do believe mac jones works really hard i think he's really competitive i think he cares but i think all of that is driven by me 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 it's not i i i agree with you i think he works hard because he wants to be good he wants to play well he wants to be the guy i don't just sure. like Brady, who was eight and zero, and famously said, "I'm the most miserable eight and zero quarterback." Yes, in the history yeah, of the NFL. exactly. It's late Brady. It's not. 
Oh yeah, 2000 to 2007 Brady. This no. is not early Brady. But this that's is... why I mean, somehow it got squished into like a year and a half. A year and a half. I 100%, I completely agree with you. that And that metamorphosis. But I also think that's the Mac Jones ego. I think that's also the tennis brat thing. The, the, all of that comes into one big blow up. And I think we're seeing it right now. So let me ask you a question because Rich Ornberger, former Patriots offensive lineman, who's now a radio host in San Diego, um, put out a simple tweet basically saying, you know, the more he sees a Bailey Zappi, the more he thinks of what Mac Jones's trade value is on the open market. Oh, yeah. um, Wiggy said this on the show Monday. And, and I find it funny. him on Twitter. I, I find it funny. Um, I do think it's ridiculous because I still think Bill Belichick believes Mac Jones is better. Mac Jones is the more stable long-term option. He's, I think Belichick is an opportunity fell in his lap to mold and manipulate and, and sort of work here behind the scenes. And I think he's taking full advantage of that. I completely that. agree. The issue though is, is will it work? That's the ultimate, that's the end game, right? What do you mean is, by work? Will he be able to manipulate his quarterback? He's, um, he, he started, he was able to get what he wanted. He's able to attack or assassinate the character of Mac Jones and push him down a peg and be like, look, I'm the big dog here. You're listening to me. This is, I run this operation, but ultimately will Mac Jones break? That's the issue. If he breaks, he is the long-term quarterback of this football team and Bill Belichick will move forward with him. If he doesn't, I, he could be gone next year. And I would take it back to my original question or my original statement. I don't think it really matters because I don't think either guy is Bingo. an elite NFL quarterback. That is and, my and again, end game. You and I are on the exact same page in that regard. They are like, again, like I, I've made this comparison all along. He's Mac Jones is Chad Pennington. And if, if Mac Jones is Chad Pennington, Bailey Zappi is what uh, Matt Castle or Ryan Tannehill. Like it's, I'm not, I'm not saying that these guys are going to be all pros by any means. I, they're going to have decent NFL careers, but they're not going to be all pros. They're not going to be Super Bowl champions, and that's the way it goes. So what would you trade Mac Jones for? Like, what's legitimate? Could they get a well, first-round pick? I wouldn't right want now? him. Oh, they could get a first-round pick for Mac Jones. I, I mean, you look, at, you look at some of the teams that need quarterbacks right now, the desperate need of quarterback. Like, this offseason, you could get a, a decent price for Mac Jones. It's interesting. It's fun to think of because I know people have brought up I was uh, doing mud at night and a caller was like, he's going to end up in Las Vegas with Josh because Josh likes him. They need a quarterback, blah, blah, blah. You don't think David Tepper in Carolina would salivate at the opportunity to try and get Mac Jones? Uh, he might. He'll regret it later like he did I, with his head coach. I and completely. Else. <laughs> but he'd be dumb enough to be like, yes, take my first round pick and DJ Moore and give me Mac Jones or something stupid like that. Oh, I wouldn't mind that. DJ Moore in a first round pick for Mac. Well, Jones. so if you get DJ Moore, I don't think you get the first round pick. It was more of a hyperbolous like uh, offer. Trade. But even, but what about DJ Moore in a two for Mac Jones? Would you do, would you do that? That's hard to do, and PR matters. Like, yes. there is a little something of wait, you're trading the 15th pick in the draft a year later for yep. a second round uh, pick, like two years later, or two years later, I guess. But one of those years was a Pro Bowl season in which he led you to the playoffs. I mean, you know, the Jets traded Sam Darnold after three years. It happens. Yeah, no, it happens. It just Josh Rosen usually... got moved on from after one year. Yeah, and you, you we're not we're not promoting any of those organizations as well run organizations. I I, I understand <laughs> and agree with you. I'm just saying that it, it happens in the NFL uh, all the time. Like things like this happen in the NFL all the time. And so, because Kyrie, like 
because so Wiggy on Monday proposed the idea that the Patriots should trade Mac Jones. Uh, if Bailey Zappi continues this, like if he goes out and beats the Bears in a convincing fashion and throws for 250 yards and two touchdowns again, you should. should be trading Max Jones as fast as possible to maximize the trade asset. And uh, part of it, yes, bingo. Part of it is Wiggy's agenda. I understand that, but part of it also makes sense. And then you have someone like Kyrie lambasting him, saying it would be like career suicide for the New England Patriots, which isn't accurate at all. Like teams move on from first round picks all the time because fun fact, the NFL draft is not an exact science and people are wrong constantly. Bill Belichick knows that firsthand. He was wrong with Nikhil Harry. He was wrong with Dominique Easley. He's been wrong before. He'll be wrong again. That happens. It's going to happen. wrong with Tony Michelle over Nick Chubb. Uh, you're wrong with Isaiah Wynn. Like it, it's, it happens all the time. And so to move on from a guy just because you can maximize your assets isn't career suicide at all. Like that's, it's malarkey malarkey mike malarkey the former head coach of the buffalo bills uh so that's going to wrap up this version of our zappy fever mac fatigue debate there is obviously a possibility that mac could be returning to the lineup as soon as monday night against the bears he has gotten closer each and every week i now before we get off this do you think mac jones starts monday night i gotta know i do I actually think Mac Jones starts against the Bears. I thought he took a big step forward with my eyes on the practice field last week, like ability to move, protect himself, all of that. Another week uh, under the rehab process, treatment, getting better. Um, Yeah, I think he and I think he wants to be back out there. And obviously they're pressuring him to be back out there because of the whole surgery thing. So um, that's where it gets interesting is how does he play once he does get back out there and how quickly do people in the crowd start saying zappy. Zappy. Uh, we know we will be talking about this in the coming days, weeks, maybe even months, depending on how it, it all plays out. But we will be here for you on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, as always. And we try to cover it from all angles, positive, negative, crazy, silly, sporty. If you want to interact with us, send us an email, sixringspod at gmail.com, or just shoot us a tweet at sixringspod on Twitter. We're also on Instagram now. I think mm-hmm. that's at Six Rings Six Pod. Rings Pod. Okay, Six Rings Pod on Instagram, where you'll see some videos of these podcasts because we are trying to go multimedia. I don't know why. World domination, want, baby. I don't know why people want to see us talk, but hey, if you want to see us talk, you can We're on YouTube, Instagram, all of it. Six Rings and Football Things. Hi, Bruins fans looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Fitzy from Six Rings and Football Things. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of the day. Your weekly source for all things New England Patriots. Right on time. Your time. In the car? Navigate the streets of the NFL offseason with wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean. Conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Six Rings and Football Things in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, we move on to the final segment of this week's podcast. Me, Andy Hart, along Chris, Shime Time Shime. I'm going to do some quick hitters. This is a, 
a small version of Pat's Paris, as we like to do in the third okay. segment of these podcasts. And the first thing I want to talk about is the oncoming NFL trade deadline. And we're starting to get rumors and Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, who certainly feels like he's become quite a mouthpiece for the organization and will basically write anything they ask him to write um, through the Mac thing, through this now reports that Patriots are taking calls on Kendrick Bourne from other teams. I believe that. Yep. He also says that Nelson Aguilar is getting some interest in these conversations. I don't believe that at all. That's a Patriots driven um, narrative. hundred percent. They want the belief. Oh, yeah, Maybe that'll actually chum the water for somebody to call about Aguilar, but Kendrick Bourne, Kendrick Bourne, we know this has been as good as his first year was in New England on and off the field, played well, created a relationship with Bill Belichick, seemed like he was his guy. The whole thing with Mac, the energy, everybody raved about him. Year two has been just unbelievable. Polar opposite. Yeah, the opposite. Um, he's sort of a, a non-factor. Last week, he left with a toe injury that is now muddying the water a bit more for his role on the offense. Do you think Kendrick Bourne, A, should be considered for a trade B will be traded. And is his career in new England still salvageable? Um, I would like to say that this is part of the uh, Mac Jones character assassination plot. Um, okay. My theory is, is that Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne are very tight. I think last year they had a very good bond. Uh, they kind of became each other's ride or die guy, right? Like Kendrick Bourne, that's my quarterback. And so, uh, the beginning of the season when there was rumors about possible tension about the offense, I think Kendrick Bourne sided with Mac Jones and not with the coaching staff. And mm. so this is another opportunity mm. for Belichick to drive a narrative that it's like, oh, Mac, you don't want to play ball with me? Fine, I'll deal your guy. And then you, and then, then who are you left with? A bunch of receivers who want to play my game, not your game. And so could Kendrick Bourne be traded? Absolutely. But I think ultimately it is another – Belichick ploy uh, to mold and manipulate his young quarterback. Yeah, I, I think it would be dumb to trade Kendrick Bourne. He's cost effective. He's under contract. Yep. You're going to have him for another year. They're, you know, Nelson Aguilar You're one not way or the other. Completely out of the playoff run by any stretch. Well, yeah, forget like that he can help you. But as you're moving forward with whatever this offense is going to become, I think you want Kendrick Bourne as sort of a complementary option. And, you know, if he's your third or fourth option, behind let's say Tyquan Thornton takes off and is your number two option and then we know that Jacoby Myers is good if he stays but he's also going to be a free agent at the end of the year who might get a contract that you're not willing to pay and I won't necessarily disagree with you because yep. I like Kendrick Bourne I don't love him he I'm still looking for the number one so unless somebody blows my socks off for Kendrick Bourne I, I'm not looking to move on from him you'd have to you'd have to pull him away from me like just make me an offer where i'm like wow you really like him that much okay i guess i'll make that trade yeah. um because it hasn't been great it's not like the production this year he you're getting value out of him um but i i, I would hold on to him and it's what you said maybe this all settles in and you can get mac back to quarterback and get born back out there with his guy mac making plays the way he made plays last year when they were at their best as a passing game like i i think that is to steal bill belichick's phrase I think that might be in the best interest of the Patriots as they're currently constituted is, is get those guys together back on the field making plays. But it is interesting. Nelson Aguilar, sure, if somebody's going to give me a bag of balls, a, a, a 
whatever conditions. Dallas wants to toss me a sixth round pick and take him. Ab- go for it. Absolutely, because it's not working. He's a turnover machine. Uh, he's got a hamstring injury now, as I predicted. He would be yep. inactive. Nailed the hell yes, out of did. that one again. Yes, he did. Um, right Andy Hart. Okay, let's talk about another guy whose salary outweighs his production. But I don't think people – there's no um, personal distaste for this guy, and we finally got a breakout production game oh. from him in Jonu Smith. Yep. So he actually made some plays, had a nice catch and run, which he smartly – Nelson Aguilar, you could learn from this – Jonu Smith got into the open field, and the first thing he did was hug the damn football with both arms to make sure, this is one of my rare good plays. This is not ending poorly for me. I watched Nelson do this. I'm not doing the same thing. Um, Is this just a one-off, or is this what we need to accept, just one-off big plays occasionally from Jonu Smith, and is that enough? I don't. I answer my own question. It's not enough. I think, so, again, I think it's a quarterback thing. I think if Bailey Zappi is oh. the quarterback, any opportunity to turn this into hate for Mac? No, it's not hate. I'm just saying if I think if Bailey Zappi is the quarterback, the tight ends in general will be more involved because well, they it's have a, been. I mean, Hunter Henry went from a non-factor to very productive over the last two weeks. He had four catches on seven targets last week. Yep. It, it, yep. When was the last time Hunter Henry had seven targets in a game? Uh, uh, sure some people thought he up. was wasn't even on the team anymore. So uh, again, also revealed he was coming off shoulder surgery. I don't know if that played any role or not. I think the way Zappy spreads the ball around a little bit more um, is is just it is a result is why the tight ends are getting production. And I think if Mac Jones is the quarterback, I don't think you'll necessarily see that tight end production because I think you're going to see it be Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, and when Kedrick Board's on the field, and he's just going to attack those guys. Oh, that was the end of your thought. Yep, there. That was oh, it. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's weird because <clears throat> last year Hunter Henry was kind of Max guy. He it felt like he built a rapport with him as soon as anybody last year, and then this year he's a complete non-factor through the first month. And then Bailey Zappi, I want to say Bailey Zappi's first throw was to him. Was his twenty-three yarder against the Lions? First throw against the Lions, I believe. Was it a twenty-three yarder to start the game? I. That's pull maybe the, let's pull up the, the old game log here. His Andy. first NFL start at Gillette Stadium in his Pat Patriot Reds. His first throw, Bailey Zappi, pass short left to Hunter Henry for 23 yards. Okay. So, yeah, I think he likes Hunter Henry. I think he likes the tight end. Oh, You're because right. that was the uh, the defensive back injury that happened for the Lions. Yes. Yeah, yeah, when the guy had the neck injury at the – he just yep. fell in puddle of whatever. Um, which – whatever happened with that? Did we ever find out what happened to that guy? Uh, I heard he was okay. I, th- I heard he had full mobility and he was doing okay, but I don't know exactly what the issue was. Yeah, that was weird because it was like a big deal. The weirdest yeah. thing I've ever like seen. Like his, his dad got in the ambulance. Yeah. like, And then it just kind of went away. Like no one yeah. – there weren't a lot of updates afterwards. Um. But I do think it's interesting that you you said Bailey Zappi spreads the ball. He's gotten the tight ends involved. Last week, he had five different targets with exactly four catches, which I yep. thought was interesting, showing awesome. sort of the – He also had four different targets with over 60 yards. Right. Like, he spread it around, and those are old school. I'm going to say it. Those are old school Tom Brady things. I used to write yes, the effing stories Andy. like – Brady spread the ball around to nine different targets, blah, 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 blah. Four of them with X-Men. Like, that was a a key factor early in in Brady's evolution and development as a quarterback. So I'm just interested to see if Jonu can salvage anything because you all know, A, he seems like a nice guy. Like, he definitely seems like a nice guy who just did nothing last year. I got to be honest. I've never even heard Jonu speak. He's a nice fellow. Um, 
Yeah, I bet he is. And like, that's the thing. It's like, we all, tr trust me, you of all people wanted a John New breakout season last year. Like you were rooting for the guy and it just never happened. Never so happened. if he starts to play well this season, you'll be happy. I think everybody will be happy. Um, Robert Kraft will be happy because they'll get a little yeah. return on the old investment. Bingo, a little ROI. Gotta love that. Um, so, I mean, we're all rooting for John New if he can have, we're just, you know, skeptical that he actually has any kind of impact going forward. Okay, two more issues coming out of the game as we wrap up this uh, edition of the Six Rings and Football Things. Penalties. 12 penalties. Good. What the F is going on with all these penalties, these well, false starts? Isaiah well, let's Wynn. Start. Let's start with Isaiah Wynn. He leads he the league in penalties. Get him off the damn field. Marcus Cannon should be the full-time right tackle, and we just move on from there. I understand he's old. I understand he may not even be in, in full-on football shape. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Play. I'm wondering if Bill doesn't think he can handle the full load just yet. Well, then or go and get a right tackle. Whatever you get cannot be worse than Isaiah Wynn. According to PFF, mm, careful, I know, I know you hate PFF, but this last game, he had a grade of five. Andy, that grade is out of 100. Well, I was going to say, if that's out of 10, it's not bad. He's a mediocre. Yeah, yeah, you'd think, but it's out of 100. He had a five out of 100. Like, that's literally getting one question right on a 20-question quiz. Yeah, what? that's not good. No, good. that's horrible. You're grounded after that. You story, have man. to try to be that bad. So, like I said, it would be very difficult if you just go out and get any right tackle off of any other team, it would be very difficult for them to come in and be worse than what Isaiah Wynn has given you. I think he might end up being the most likely trade. It would but, uh, didn't they all. trade somebody to the Chargers that then ended up getting injured right away? Uh, was it Yanni Kajust? Is that who they traded? Um, because you know what? You could probably use him right now. Um, well, that's the one thing I will say is you can do worse than Isaiah Wynn. He's been bad, but sometimes it's real bad. He's the devil, you know, and I'm not saying he's good. I want Marcus no. Cannon in the game. Yeah. I want to find out that Marcus Cannon can't do it. That he, that yep. he, you know what I mean? That he like prove it to me because otherwise I need Show you me. out there. Get out yeah. there. Um, so another issue. Um, so the penalties, and I will say it's not just Isaiah Wynn. He definitely no. leads the league. Leads the, the offense team in thing. general has just they just self-inflicting penalties. Yeah, delay of games, illegal block. Belichick like, talked about it this week on the morning show, and he's yeah. like, yeah, we got to clean it up all over the offense. And they were weighted. They did kind of clean it up. I want to say eight were in the first half in Cleveland. It was it was weighted a little bit towards the first half, but um, they just need to be better, less flags. That was a problem last at times last year. Yep. They need to clean that up. Uh, speaking of Bill Belichick, we do need to uh, acknowledge the 324th victory of his career. We talked about the little renaissance he's had the last couple of weeks um, and him joking after the game like he doesn't belong in the conversation with Hallis and Paul Brown. On one level, I agree with him just because it was a different era. Like Paul Brown basically um, created the the way coaches do everything like he like practice squads and. Like, I'm pretty sure he's the one that used uh, coach to quarterback um, technology before it like it wasn't a thing. He I believe he took something from the taxi um, business down the road. The dispatcher had like this technology. And he's like, well, why couldn't I put one of those in my quarterback? And he and then they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't do that. We're not we're not all doing that. So you can't do it either. But so Paul Brown, great. George Howell's great. Bill Belichick, great. Like he's going to be the second winningest coach probably yep. Monday night at about midnight or whenever they beat the hell out of the bears and Justin yep. Fields. Um, and it just really is amazing. Like I've been around for almost all of it. I mean, I know he won his games in Cleveland, but I've been around. And then you look at the raw number and you're like, 
wait, to win 324 games, if you win 10 games a year, you have to play for 32 years. years. Like it really is remarkable that that's the number he's at and he's going to continue to add to it. And he's going to, who knows if he finishes as first or second all time. Also think it's um, amazing, interesting, whatever. Good job by the NFL that he uh, ties the record in Cleveland where he got his first head coaching uh, gig when? and then is going to break it as uh, uh, beating the Chicago Bears, George Hallis's team. So yep. I don't know if they got really lucky or if they were like, well, I think they'll win this one, lose this one. So right here is when he'll break it. And that's when we should give him. Um, but good job by the NFL. Good job by Bill Belichick. Um, to uh, and then the final thing I wanted to mention, you touched on it a little bit. Robert Kraft, uh, now married once again. Yes, at his wedding on uh, on surprise Friday night. wedding too. Ty Law gave us the insight today. He said he got a call from Robert, and Robert was like, "Hey, we're doing this thing down in New York. Come down. Uh, you you got to be there. We're gonna have a good time." And Ty Law said, "Okay, I'll show up." And when he showed up, he found out it was a wedding. I personally think if you didn't know it was a wedding, you're an idiot. Like. Hey, Tom Brady's going to show Matthew Slater, Gerard. Well, Mayo. No, no, no. So I bet, I bet there were certain people that knew that it was in fact a wedding. Like Bill Belichick talked about it on our show, how he wasn't there. And he's like, me right. and Robert talked about it and decided it was my, in the best interest of the team that I was, you know, getting ready for the game. And I bet he had to tell Tom Brady, yeah, it's my wedding. So, you know, blow your you team off. Yeah. Blow your team off for a day and come on up before you go down to Pittsburgh. Um, so there were certain people that I bet knew it was Must the have. wedding, but Must there were other people that may not have. Right. That's how I assumed. I assumed the Brady's, the Slater's, the Mayo's like guys that are in the midst of an NFL season. We're not going to New York for, I think I, they called it kickoffs and touchdowns or something yeah. with the, the party. Like no chance Tom Brady was going to leave his team to go to kickoffs and touchdowns in week no. six. Exactly. So they had to have known. Uh, I did joke with Matthew Slater last night. He was there, said he didn't do a lot of dancing, although he is a dancer generally at Ooh, weddings, okay. but wanted to stay off his feet because he had a game in a couple days. Fair enough. Um, like, what do you get your billionaire boss for his wedding? Like, I don't think you do. I think that was the point of it being a surprise. Was he's so. like, I don't want a lot of gifts. I'm the one spending the money on this wedding. Like it's, they didn't even have like a sit down dinner type thing. It was Ty Law said it was more of like a cocktail hour type deal. Yeah. It was more drinking than eating. And I think that's exactly, he wanted it to be a party. He didn't want it to be like a formal wedding. And obviously Elton John and Meek Mill and Ed Sheeran and everybody performed. Crazy. From what I heard, and this may be rumor or not, the reason it took place was that this is when uh, Elton John could be there. This was like a hole in Elton oh. John's calendar. So that opened the opportunity for Robert to have it uh, on that Friday. But Fair uh, enough. congratulations to him. Good good for him. And the new Mrs. Kraft, if she's the new Mrs. Kraft or whatever, I wouldn't call her that, but I heard Andy Gresh call her that on the pregame show on our station. So um, Bloomberg, I believe her name. Yeah, Dana. Name Dana Bloomberg is now Dana Kraft. And uh, I saw Michael Rubin, the Fanatics um, owner and the bud of, of Robert Kraft, was there when they f- had their first date, Dana Bloomberg, at some bar, which they actually renamed like Bloomberg's this week to uh, commemorate the wedding. And it was a whole thing. But uh, he was there from date one straight through the wedding. So congrats to Robert Kraft and uh, all those players who sound like they got a nice little uh, night on the town in uh, New York out of it. Yeah, I hope you all enjoyed it. That sounds like it was a fun time. Uh, I didn't get my invite. I don't know about you. I mean, no, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, geez, I worked for the guy for 20 years and you can't slip me an invite to the big bash. I mean, sorry, geez. Andy, you got, you got left in the dust. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was like the Z list. If absolutely no one else showed up, maybe my former boss, Fred Kirsch, could have got me in on the list. Yeah, like if Greg had been like, I can't make it, maybe they would have right. sent you an invite. Right, right. But uh, congrats to Mr. Kraft. Congrats to the New England Patriots, who are now 3-3 three and three on the season. Still in last place, but maybe that'll change this week as they prepare for Monday night football against the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, and a team that is struggling offensively that has a bit of a defense, though. So we will see what yeah. happens Monday at Gillette Stadium. As always, we'll be back later in the week with a full game preview. Me, Fitzy, a guest from Chicago, hopefully a guest from Gillette Stadium, one of the Patriots beat writers, although I just realized it's a Monday night game, so the schedule this week will be all out of whack, so hopefully I can get that interview. If not, then we'll talk to somebody next week. But you will definitely talk to us. He's Chris Shime Time Shime. I'm Andy Hart. This is another Six Rings and Football Things podcast in the book. Thank you for listening. Download the Odyssey app. Subscribe to the Six Rings podcast. Find us on Twitter at Six Rings Pod, Instagram Six Rings Pod, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And we love you. Peace out. See ya. Nope. <laughs>